Hey guys, welcome to the ninth episode of Klein Talk. Uh, welcome back. It's nice to have you guys here again on this lovely Tuesday afternoon. Uh, I know that some of you might be a bit apprehensive when um, reading the title of this podcast. It's quite a uh, heavy topic, so to say, but I think um, it's worth addressing the recent rise in terrorism that we've had in the past few days here in Europe and recently over the past few years. Um, and I just wanted to talk about what happened and uh, what people are saying about it and yeah, things like that. But of course, before we get into that, I have a few comments generally. Some people have told me to, uh, well, have recommended that I talk more about uh, things that happen in my life personally, as I did say uh, in the first episode of Client Talk, that I would uh, do more of that. But I think it's uh, more interesting for more people, and it will start more discussions and so on, um, and get people thinking more if it's uh, more worldly topics. Um, of course, if you have anything you want me to talk about, you can uh, tell me or text it to me or whatever you want. Um, and I'll see if I feel like that's a good topic for one of the episodes. But I'd like to keep these sort of general, um, just so people can relate to them. Uh, it's it, This isn't supposed to be some sort of specific podcast with a specific topic that's for a specific group of people. Um, it might become that, but it isn't that right now. So that's, uh, yeah, that's what's going on. So, um, I think, yeah, with that said, we can get into the greatest tradition of client talk. Well, it's not really that traditional as this is only the ninth episode, but I think we're going to get into the news. Uh, we're going to invite our friend Jake Trapper back to tell us a little bit about the stuff. And then afterwards we can talk about, uh, terrorism. And also, I'll have a quick input about Brexit, because a lot of stuff has happened in the past week, and I did say that I would inform you guys about what happened. So, let's get into the news. Hey guys, this is Jake Trapper from Channel 26 News, and welcome to your weekly news update. Brexit negotiations are taking longer than expected. There was a cyclone in Mozambique and two terror attacks, one in New Zealand and one in Holland. This is Channel 26 News. So, um, Brexit negotiations are taking longer than people thought they would. Well, uh, that's that's quite obvious, but um, the, the uh, Brexit is quite close. It's only 10 days away, if I have this correct. Um, which is very close, and there is still no deal, and, and Britain has voted on the fact, well, the British Parliament has voted on the fact that they want an extension of Brexit for about three months, at least. Um, this is uh, ex expected to go in front of the EU Parliament in uh, on Thursday, so in two days, or they'll vote on if they should have a an extension for Britain to leave the EU or not. Um, Donald Tusk and Jean-Claude Juncker, the two sort of most high-ranking officials in the EU, are recommending that countries say this. Um, 
important note is that um, they have to be in unanimous, so each EU country has to say yes, so if one country says no, they will not get their extension, and Brexit will be in 11 days. Now, to sort of not make British people despair that much yet, because a lot of people expect that uh, the EU will not give them ex an extension to be sort of uh, harsh on the people that want to leave them. Uh, Theresa May has proposed that they might vote on her deal that has been rejected twice already, again, to maybe, maybe if people are this desperate for a deal, they might vote for it. Um, but things aren't going well in the Brexit world. Now, there was a cyclone in Mozambique, which uh, left a coastal city completely destroyed with a few thousand, uh, uh, um, sorry, tens of thousands uh, pe of people displaced. The, there, uh, there's still torrential rainfall. There's still torrential rainfall in the area. Most people are sleeping in schools or hospitals or any sort of public. Um, institution with big rooms. Um, it was Cyclone Edai and is also terrorizing um, the um, nearby country of Zimbabwe with the torrential rainfall. There was a terrorist attack, which is going to be the topic of today's podcast, um, in New Zealand, uh, where a man killed 50 people in two mosques. And there was also one in Utrecht, although it's not really clear if that's a terrorist attack yet, uh, where a man killed three people on a tram uh, with gunfire and uh, was apprehended. So both of the men that committed the crimes, um, or that are suspected of committing the crimes, are in custody in New Zealand and the Netherlands, respectively, um, and are set to be on trial soon. Now, the Boeing 737, which was involved in two crashes, the ones that we recently talked about, the one of Lion Air five months ago and the one of Ethiopian Airlines a few days ago, has been grounded everywhere, as already said, and is suspected to receive a software update soon, by the end of the month, uh, to help what was thought to be the cause of the crashes. The FAA, the US government agency for aviation, um, has come under fire for the the fact that it had uh, said the planes were okay. Um, so they're being investigated and so is Boeing. Boeing's stock dropped a lot recently. That was Channel 26 News. Thank you for listening and see you guys next week. Thank you, Jake Trapper, for the news. And as you correctly said, the two terror attacks that happened this week, um, or sort of uh, in the past week, are going to be the main topic of the uh, podcast today. So it's not only going to be those two. We're also going to talk about uh, some other terror attacks and terrorist groups because... Um, it's a pretty big topic today, but first we're going to have, I'm going to quickly talk about Brexit. So as Jake Trapper said, Brexit is really not going too well right now. Uh, Theresa May is getting increasingly nervous and well, so is the entire UK parliament. Now, 
um, the things that are set to happen is Theresa May is proposing another vote on her Brexit deal soon. We don't know when. And the EU is expected to vote on the fact if they should leave, uh, if they should let Britain have a um, an extension of their um, exit from the EU uh, on Thursday. So on Thursday, they're going to vote for that. And as Jake Trapper said, all 27 EU countries have to say yes on this. So if one of the countries, for example, Greece or Germany says no, then they will not receive their extension and Brexit will be on the 29th of March. Now, um, the reason why most people uh, don't want an extension longer than three months is because uh, if it were longer than three months, the e um, the UK would vote in the EU general elections, which is a bit awkward to say the least. Um, it's just sort of like they're going to vote on who governs the EU and then get out of there, um, which is a bit weird, of course. So they really don't want to give a... So Donald Tusk and Jean-Claude Juncker really don't want to give them a uh, an extension longer than that. Well, no one in the EU wants to give them an extension longer than that. Some of the people just don't want to give them an extension outright. So I think what's going to happen is that a majority of countries is going to be nice, so to say, and vote for an extension, but not all of them, because I feel like some of the countries will um, rightfully, I guess, look down on the fact that the um, UK wanted to leave the EU and say, well, if they want to leave the EU, they should have to go um, on the date we agreed on. They shouldn't be able to stay in longer just to be able to discuss a little more um to be perfectly honest if i were an eu uh parliamentarian or whatever i would probably vote the same way uh i'm aware of the um sort of the economic disadvantage that it would have for the EU, which would be relatively slight, and it would be worse for the UK if the um, if the there is no deal. But uh, I think you should really be um, harsh and strict with England, uh, with the UK. Sorry, sorry, I mixed it up again. Um, because just for the fact that it should be a deterrent for other people to leave, for other countries to leave, because the EU, um, if I would work for the EU, I would, of course, think the EU is great, as I also do since I don't work for the EU, but whatever. So if I'm an EU parliamentarian, I would think the EU is pretty good and um, people should stay in it, so we should make it hard for them to leave, uh, would be my sort of strategy. Might be unpopular, uh, but it would be, I would say, a good deterrent to... Um, anyone else trying to leave the EU, seeing as such an integral part of the EU already decided to leave, um, being the UK. So yeah, that's sort of my advice to any EU parliamentarians that are listening. I severely doubt that, but um, if you are, hey Jean-Claude Juncker, what's up? Hit me up on Instagram. So uh, going on from Brexit, we're going to talk about today's main topic, which is terrorism. And as um, Jake Trapper already mentioned, there were two recent terror attacks uh, in the past week, one in New Zealand and one in Utrecht. 
so one in Christchurch in New Zealand and one in Utrecht um, in the Netherlands. Uh, well, one of them was much worse, so to say, much many more dead people, which is the one we're going to talk about first, um, the attack in New Zealand. Um, there were a, gun, a lone gunman, a presumably... Um, a gunman that is presumed to have acted alone. Uh, Australian-born Brenton Tarrant, who was accused, uh, killed 50 people in two mosques in New Zealand. Now, he he wrote a manifesto detailing his the reasons for his um, his attack, uh, which I have read in part. It is very long. Of and it details exactly why he would like to, he wanted to commit such a crime. And it's um, mainly out of white supremacist. He calls himself a white supremacist and um, anti-immigrant reasons. Now, many people have written this off as conservative or um, alt-right terrorism, although um, which many right-wingers have been a bit insulted about because in his... Uh, manifesto he um, has like this sort of Q&A session with himself where he says am I a conservative am I a right winger and he says no he doesn't look at himself as any political direction he calls himself a neo-fascist um, which is arguably right wing but he doesn't he doesn't say it himself so I'll refrain from calling him that um, but he does call himself a white supremacist and an anti-immigrant person I guess so, uh, this has eerie, uh, an eerie sort of similarity to something that happened in 2011 in Norway, where someone with anti-immigrant ideas went um, and killed many people that were pro-immigrant um, slash people that were immigrants, uh, which I'll talk about a little a little later. But um, Brenton Tarrant, a 28-year-old man from Australia, who is now in custody for the attacks on the mosque, um, used an AR-15, which people are uh, seeing as a pretty terrible weapon, as it has been used in many school shootings in the U.S. and in many um, in many terrorist attacks where shooting was involved. Um, so. The makers of the AR-15 are coming under fire, but um, and also New Zealand is planning on changing gun legislation, uh, which the uh, Prime Minister just recently mentioned. Now, um, I'm going to talk quickly about the one in 2011, where a man named Anders Bering Breivik, a Norwegian, um, killed 77 people by... For one, setting off a bomb in the um, near the building of the uh, of the prime minister at the time, uh, Jens Stoltenberg, um, near his office, uh, killing eight people, and he went and later drove to an island where there was a uh, a camp for Labour Party children, so children of the left wing party. Uh, which was very pro-immigrant at the time, it still is, and killed 69 mostly kids on the island, um, all the while screaming out, coming, come out, you um, dirty Marxists, and stuff like that. So 
it's um, these are rather similar terrorist attacks, and people are getting scared that uh, or sort of uh, why these terror attacks are happening, why people see fit to kill immigrants or people that are pro-immigrant. Now, um, the the thing that these both have in common, being the anti-immigrant policy, is a bit ironic since many of these people state that they don't like immigrants because of the crimes they commit, the terrorism they commit in their manifestos. They both have a manifesto, um, which um, is a bit ironic since they also they committed terrorist attacks um, and both said it was the only way to get people to understand what the problem was. Now. Many people have been arguing if giving them publicity is actually good for them, uh, good or bad for them, because many people think that giving them publicity just lets them win. People go out and read their manifesto, and more people might agree with it. Um, but I, for one, feel like the media coverage is good because it shows how terrible the things they do are, and I would hope deter people from... Um, taking up a similar mindset. Now, um, of course, this is all really sad, and I my heart goes out to the f people that lost loved ones um, in the mosque attacks, and also the 2011 Norway attacks. Um, but we're going to move on from that. Uh, I just quickly like to mention, I think it's great that gun legislation is being changed in New Zealand. Um, even though most of the it, the way that the um, the way that Brenton Tarrant went about um, doing the attack was illegal, they are still trying to fix gun legislation to make sure things like that are um, very unlikely to happen again. Um, so I'd like to continue with some other uh, another terrorist attack that happened recently, um, or this one is more of a sp suspected terrorist attack. Uh, the one in Utrecht in uh, New, uh, in the Netherlands, where a man named Gokman Tanis, I really hope I got his name right, it's a Turkish-born man, um, so that's why I don't know how to exactly say his name. Uh, he shot three people uh, on a tram in, uh, at 10.30, 10.45 in the morning, um, in the Netherlands on Monday, so just yesterday. Um, uh, that's uh, local time. And then led the police on a chase throughout the entire city um, and was finally caught somewhere around 3 in the afternoon. After carjacking a car and uh, running away, um, he was apprehended by the police. A few other people are in custody, but... Um, it is unsure if they were actually involved in the attack, so they haven't been named yet. Now, the difference to this one, the, to the other one, is first of all, of course, we don't know if this is a terrorism attack. It is a terrorist attack. It is suspected because there was a letter found in Tanis's car, um, which we, we as the public do not know the contents of yet, um, as, uh, as of this recording, but... The police said it suggests that the motives were not as previously thought. A family 
feud, so to say, as some sort of uh, family problems. It was a um, a terrorist attack. Now, what um, the difference in this is there was no manifesto posted, and there was no um, there there was no reasoning behind the attack yet. So we cannot say that much about it. But um, the police suspects if it was a terrorist attack, it was most likely inspired by ISIS or Boko Haram, um, being as, uh, um, yes, so, uh, but they will um, investigate further, and I'll try, I might tell you some more if there's some more interesting things uh, that came up um, next episode, I'll talk about that more. Now, um, in other sort of terrorism news, the uh, ISIS was recently, uh, at the beginning of the month, pushed out of eastern Syria, ISIS being the Islamic State, um, where they, they had a caliphate in um, eastern Syria. For those that don't know, it's a caliphate is a part of land where they, where militants take over and make it claim that they're their own sovereign state. Um, and this recently happened in Syria and in northern Africa, um, where Muslim terrorist groups created caliphates um, and imposed Sharia law. But uh, recently, the uh, ISIS has been pushed out of Syria by a coalition of Kurdish and American and French and um, basically a lot, a lot of countries had a coalition of forces, pushed them out of Syria. Uh, but, of course, that doesn't mean that they're finished. As many people have said, ISIS is not defeated. Um, many, um, which, uh, ISIS, the fact that ISIS is not defeated has been restated by many, many generals of the army and people that live there and so on. Um, so I'm afraid I'm going to have to disagree with uh, Donald Trump on this one, because even though the caliphate is finished in Syria, uh, they still have their affiliate Boko Haram in Africa, and also there have been underground revolutions already um, in Syria, again, of ISIS militants that have attacked the forces, um, because the region they're in near the river in Syria, I'm afraid I forgot the name right now. Uh, the the there um, the the area near the river is very hard to control, so the forces are really having a hard time um, suppressing all these revolutions, so to say, these uprisings of ISIS militants um, who would like their caliphate back. Now, um, I talked a bit about the, I, just, I recently mentioned the affiliate Boko Haram, who is still rampant and still has a caliphate in um, northern Africa, and I'd like to talk a bit more about them. They're um, also a um, Muslim militant group. Uh, I know I've been talking about Muslims a lot, but uh, as mentioned before, terrorists aren't only Muslims. That's not, it's not actually a thing. The um, as with the examples of Brenton Tarrant and Anders Bering Breivik, the um, terrorism comes in all forms, and especially on European and American soil, the, and uh, now New Zealand soil, terrorist attacks are usually of another kind. 
Um, now back to Boko Haram. They're a, a, a Islamist militant group um, that became violent in the north of Nigeria in 2009, uh, where they um, protested against the government in the poor region of Nigeria. Nigeria has sort of two regions, the north and the south. Um, south is along the coast, if you look at a map, which is where the more rich people live, uh, the more the economy of Nigeria is sort of in. And the north is the poorer region where it, well, and there's a lot of poverty, there's crisis and uh, food shortages and crucially not a lot of or there wasn't crucially there wasn't a lot of government presence which allowed Boko Haram to gain uh, territories in the regions near Lake Chad uh, because uh, they promised uh, crucially they promised um, to help the mostly Muslim population there with protection from gangs from uh, people that were preying on the poor um, transportation of food into the air affected area and such in exchange for recruits and loyalty now this was a very good deal for the people there because um, the Boko Haram did then employ Sharia law which many people uh, in that area believe in belief should be enforced so they were quite happy about that which allowed Boko Haram to grow uh, and yeah and sort of take over the northern African region now the reason that they aren't being pushed out as easily like um, well uh, saying that ISIS being pushed out, of, pushed out of Syria was easy as a large, large understatement, but they aren't being pushed out because that region is even harder to defend or to attack, uh, sorry, to attack than uh, eastern Syria, seeing it as, as it is a desert and it is uh, just extremely easy for people to hide there and ambush you and um, funding there is low, getting there is hard. Um, recently, there was an attack in Nairobi by Boko Haram, which uh, where they shot people in a hotel, um, and the um, people are getting increasingly anxious because they're really spreading out in the north of Africa, where the poor people are, where there's um, low government presence because of lack of funding and food shortages, because they can bring everything that the people there need and provide protection and. Um, things like that, um, while funding their own resistance to the governments that they are in. Uh, so it's really a bad situation in Africa, and uh, people are calling for uh, troops to come in and help them out, which I think would be the best solution, really. Um, you have to stay there and um, crush the resistance, so to say, and not when you've just gotten rid of the caliphate, um, pull your troops out like the U.S. was planning to do. Uh, you really have to stay there and govern it. Uh, now, this might not be ideal for, uh, this might not be an ideal solution, but I think it is the best solution. So that's sort of what should go and what should happen, especially since, uh, sorry about that, especially since Boko Haram has recently surpassed ISIS as the most deadly terrorist group ever. Um, so I really think it's important that we, well, so to say, keep an eye on them, but really 
try and get rid of them as quickly as possible. So yeah, I think with that we can wrap up the discussion about terrorism. I know it's a really heavy topic and um, I really feel bad for all the people lost in the fighting and also the terrorist attacks recently. Um, my heart goes out to them. Uh, uh, yeah, and I'll keep you posted on Brexit next week because then it'll be really close and we only four days away from when Brexit is supposed to happen. Um, so I think... Yeah, I think that's it. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you to Anchor again for hosting my podcast. They're a great website. If you want to make your own podcast, do it on their website. Um, and yeah, thank you guys for tuning in every week. And, and see you next week.